Life with diabetes has some highs and lows, but just like in a normal life, you can make choices which help to make your life easier, improve your health and well-being. In the Diabetic and Healthy podcast, we show you how to do just that. We're here to help you put your diabetes worries behind so that you can start enjoying life with a sky-high smile on your face. So let's meet our host for today's show. Here's Charlotte. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Diabetic and Healthy podcast. I hope everyone is doing well. Uh, This week's show is actually part two of a two-part episode that I've done on diabetes and competitive bodybuilding. So if you haven't watched last week's show, please do go and check that out first um, because it leads really nicely into this one. So last week's show was all about the preparation and what you go through um, to get ready and prepare your body for a competition. This week's show is all about the day itself and also post comp. Before I get started, um, please do get involved with Diabetic and Healthy on social media. So we have a Instagram account that you can go and follow and also two Facebook groups. So there's a Diabetic and Healthy community and also Type 1 Fit. So do feel free to join those groups. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please make sure you hit subscribe. Okay, so Before I um, really get into this, I just want to stress that this is my personal experience, okay? And this is my opinion of um, the process and how it personally affected me. I am not for any second dissing anybody that competes. In fact, I have the utmost respect for anyone that competes. I've got friends who compete uh, year in, year out. So they're constantly in like a bulking and cutting cycle and it works for them and they like that lifestyle and, you know, they're doing incredible from it. So like I said, utmost respect for people that do this year in, year out because it takes so much dedication and hard work um, and self-discipline as well. So this is just my personal experience with it. Okay. That said, um, last week's show ended with me talking about peak week. So that's the final week in the lead up to uh, competition. Um, I think I there was something that I missed out. So in that last week, as well as all the other things you're doing and you are um, taking in six litres of water a day, or that's how much I was on, um, you're also cutting out sodium from your diet. So that means you can't have any salt in any food um, for the last week. A possible side effect of this is muscle cramps. Now, I was quite lucky. I didn't get them as bad as I know some people do. I had a few um, kind of calf cramps and things like that that woke me up in the night. But overall, um, I I was quite lucky. I know some people suffer really badly with cramps due to the lack of sodium. So you're on your six litres of water a day and then about 24 hours before you compete, all fluids stop. So this process is all about um, how your muscles are going to look on stage. So the cutting out the sodium, the getting all the fluids into you, but then dehydrating ready for the stage is all to do with how you want your muscles to look. 
So some of this might might sound a bit weird, <laughs> but that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to make your uh, your muscles look as good as they can so that you can show off your hard work on the day. Talking of how you look, I can't do this without talking about the tan. So if you have ever seen a bodybuilding competition or if you have seen pictures of bodybuilders, the tan is unreal. It's this deep mahogany colour. Um, in all fairness, on stage, under all the spotlights, it does look dark, but it looks reasonably normal. But um, yeah, close up and personal, it is not, it isn't, <laughs> it's not a nice tan. So that actually starts the, the night before a competition. So you can go and have your spray tan down, uh, spray tan done usually with um like a specific um tanner that the the federation has advised you to go to so you go to them you strip off so you do have to be completely naked so that there's no tan lines and then you get um two layers of tan at that point so it does already look pretty dark (laughs) But normally, if you've ever ever had a, a spray tan or a fake tan, you wash off the guide coat, like a guide colour. Um, but this one, you just have to leave it all on. So that's fun overnight. <laughs> um, some people wear mittens, so they don't leave handprints on themselves and things like that. But yeah, so you sleep in these, these two layers of tan and then in the morning, you go back for um, kind of any touch-ups if there's any bits that have rubbed off and you have another coat of tan this is then followed just before you go on stage with a kind of a glaze as well so you're pretty layered up by that point as you can imagine backstage at a bodybuilding show it does not smell very good i'm being honest (laughs) so nobody's been allowed to wash since the day before and then the smell of spray tan is not very pleasant either um but at least you all smell equally i suppose that's one thing (laughs) so that's for tan um, Food-wise, on competition day, you then start carb loading. So you want your muscles to look nice and full. So I must have had at least 10 Tupperware tubs of sweet potato and rice cakes. Um, so sweet potato fries, which are done in the oven and cooked to within an inch of their life so that they're really dry because you don't want to be taking in any fluid. Um, so they're nice and crispy and then dry rice cakes now I did really struggle getting all these carbs in because without being able to drink without any water or anything this is a very dry food (laughs) that you're trying to get down Um, but you're literally picking at that and I was kind of you know trying to get enough into me every kind of half hour or so the competition day itself is a very long day so you normally have to be there first thing in the morning to get your tan topped up um it depends if you're doing your own hair and makeup and things like that you can have that done on the day and then you're literally waiting around for um your categories to be called so i competed in two different categories and they were um bikini which is one of the softer looking categories and fitness model I'll, I'll put it out there now. I did not place. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't win. I definitely didn't win, and I didn't place because mainly um, I was in between categories, which I knew on the day. So I was um, 
a bit too defined for bikini, but I didn't have enough muscle size for fitness. So a little bit gutted because a lot of work went into it. But in all honesty, I didn't compete for a trophy. I competed just to show myself that I could. Um, and I was actually really pleased with my condition on the day. So yeah, I'm happy. Don't, don't feel bad for me. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's a really long day. You're sitting around, you're waiting for your categories to be called. You have to be there early in the morning and you often um, can be there till 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night. I met some really lovely people, really lovely girls backstage. So it is quite fun backstage. Um, so once your category has been called and you're queue up, queuing up, waiting to go on stage, this is where you're going to go out and... Um, kind of show off all your hard work so this is where your posing comes in now you can have posing classes and things like that um I had I think I had one or two posing sessions um and then I just practiced 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 um myself so um some of the federations have mandatory poses that you have to do and others are a bit more kind of um open so you go onto your stage and do um, a tea walk. So you come forward and someone will announce who you are and what you do. I always made sure that they said I was type one diabetic to get that out there. Um, and you'll do your poses. Now going through, well, going through my head at this point, <laughs> mainly was don't fall over, don't fall over because I was in heels and I'm rubbish in heels. Um, I still think men get it really easy that they get to pose barefoot because I would have much rather been barefoot. Um, but yeah, so I'm thinking don't fall over. I'm thinking keep my muscles tense. So you're thinking about your posture. You want to flex all of your all of your muscles so you don't ever want to kind of relax your tummy or you know relax your your quads or anything so you're tightening everything up you're pulling your shoulders back you're sucking your tummy in <laughs> you're flexing um and you're also remembering to smile while you're doing all this even though it's really really uncomfortable <laughs> and not forget to breathe as well so someone said to me just before I went out they were like don't forget to breathe and I'm so glad they said it or I may well have passed out because you're literally so busy thinking about everything else anyway so you come out to the center of the stage you do uh, maybe three or four um, poses facing forward then a side pose then a back pose then you'll walk to the left hand side of the stage and again you'll do three or four poses but while you're doing it the, the, the next competitor is coming out um, you then walk across to the other side of the stage do a couple more poses and go to the back so if you manage to do all that without falling over or passing out which I did luckily um, then you kind of line up across the back and sometimes they'll ask a few people to come forward again and get you to pose again and things like that. All the federations are a little bit differently, but it all kind of follows a similar um, a similar kind of pattern when you go out. Then when, uh, when the judges are done looking at you, you walk off the stage and this is where you notice a lot of people having really, really bad muscle cramps. So like I said you can get the muscle cramps because of a lack of sodium but then if you imagine you've got that and then you have um and you're dehydrated and you've then walked out and done all this flexing as soon as you go to relax a lot of your muscles go into cramps so 
um, it can be quite quite painful after you um, after you come off stage. So I um, I was really lucky. The third competition I competed three times, and in, in the third competition I did, I paid for my partner to be backstage with me, so you can get like a VIP. So um, that he wasn't kind of out there watching on his own all day because he was um, the only one that came to watch me on my third comp. And he showed me some pictures that he had taken while I was out on stage. So this was um, after I'd been out for the f- my first category. So he showed me some pictures on his phone. And literally as he showed them to me, I said, oh, who's that? And that was 100% genuine. And this is one of the times that I realised that mentally um, competing had really affected me and there was a huge level of body dysmorphia there. So I genuinely did not recognise myself in a picture because it was completely different to what I was seeing in the mirror. Now I'd already had a bit of this when I was having my spray tan. So when you go for your spray tan, you you're literally in a room and you're all butt naked (laughs) so obviously you notice other people's bodies and I can remember looking around thinking I'm so not ready I'm so not ready for this competition I'm I'm carrying way too much fat um you know all all the other girls look better than me but it was it was more than just a bit of self-doubt I knew well I knew later that it was because what I was seeing was was not a, a accurate representation of how I actually looked Um, and again I really noticed this when um, Jim my partner showed me these pictures he'd taken his phone and I just did not recognize myself at all so that was quite a quite a strange feeling to be honest Um, and yeah it definitely got me thinking even on the day um, that it was very bizarre that what, what I was seeing was very different to what everyone else was seeing So going um, past the day, so like I said, it was a very long day. It finishes um, very late, straight away. I don't know why, but on every competition, all I could think about was drinking Pepsi Max. And I don't don't know why, because you'd think you'd just kind of be craving water, but I desperately wanted Pepsi Max. So as soon as the show finished, first thing I did was eat Pepsi Max, uh, eat Pepsi Max, drink Pepsi Max, and go for something to eat. yeah obviously it was different three different competitions but it was it was junk every time pretty much so I think it was a KFC a Domino's and and something else was my first meal very late at night um but from the next day I cannot explain to you how bad the binging was so I expected this to some extent your body's been very deprived you've been in a massive calorie deficit um and you've really kind of to say you've restricted your eating would be an understatement so (laughs) I deprived myself of all the things I wanted to eat and I felt like I had to eat them as quickly as I possibly could um in in one day pretty much (laughs) so yeah the first day after a competition I literally binged on rubbish and it was just chocolate and cake and biscuits and and basically everything that I'd been thinking about for the past few months while I'd been um you know really eating clean so I can remember after my first competition ringing my coach and saying I'm lying on my bed I've got really severe tummy cramps um 
I feel like I need to vomit, but I'm still eating chocolate. And she was like, yeah, that's kind of normal. So (laughs) I guess that made me feel a little bit better, but it was more of a fact that that didn't stop. It didn't just last a day. It was like, I could not stop eating. And I suppose that really showed me how deprived my body had been. But also mentally, you've 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 been thinking about these foods for the whole time you've been in prep, pretty much. And uh, yeah, it, it, there was no pacing me. It, I just was eating anything and everything. So as you can imagine, this was not good for my blood sugars at all. I I couldn't tell you how much insulin I injected. Okay, so I was still monitoring my blood sugars very well. I was still injecting, but. Um, in that last week before competition, I was pretty much only injecting background insulin due to the fact it was, I was incredibly low carb and I was doing so much exercise. I very rarely needed to inject my, um, my fast acting insulin. So I'd gone from that to maybe doing 10 injections a day at least, I'd say, if I'm honest, um, of, of fast-acting insulin. So I think this is something that I didn't, well, I didn't expect and I didn't put enough didn't put enough thought into it. I suppose I didn't do enough research. So although I learned loads about the prep and the competition itself, I think post-competition, I just, I just hadn't found out enough about and I just wasn't prepared for it mentally. Um, and not everyone has this I should say that not not everyone goes into this binge or some people have a bit of a binge but it's over very quickly you know they have a day um, or a couple of days of, of eating all those things they've been thinking about and then you know then they're good and they kind of get back to like a maintenance level but the only way after especially after my first com- competition the only way that I could um, stop the binge was to book another competition so I needed the pressure on myself of, a, of another goal um, so that I could get back on track. I was still training. So I, I trained the day after a competition. It wasn't like I was I was only sat on my bum and eating all this stuff. But still, uh, it, you know, it was far from a healthy diet. I don't even think I was necessarily eating proper meals. I, would, I was just eating junk. Um so there was that so there's our physical side of it but I couldn't but I couldn't stop eating but also this kind of body dysmorphia um side of it as well that I think I'm lucky that I'm quite clued up um and aware of these conditions especially as a PT um I have come across various kind of mental health issues and eating disorder issues um with uh, clients in the past so I, I guess I'm lucky that I recognized it in myself um but yeah it was definitely a struggle and something that I wasn't wasn't expecting so yeah I went straight back in I booked another competition and I ended up competing um three times in a year and it was only uh, a few weeks after my third competition that I found out I was pregnant so the last two competitions I'd done because they were only a week uh, a week apart, I was actually a month pregnant, which was, to say it was a shock. <laughs> um, yeah, so firstly, I didn't think that I could conceive naturally for various different reasons. Um, 
I had been told that it was highly unlikely that I would ever fall pregnant naturally. And, you know, when I wanted children, I would have to, um, you know, go to the doctors and probably see a specialist. So, so it was a shock. And also the fact that with your, your body fat being that low, it should be near on impossible for you to fall pregnant anyway. So some people actually have, uh, some women actually have fertility issues due to competing, a lot of women, their periods stop and things like that when they're competing because of their body fat being so low. So yeah, it definitely a little miracle baby. <laughs> and clearly that stopped me from booking any more competitions, <laughs> which looking back, I think was actually a, a positive. It was a good thing. Um, but my uh, kind of my mental health, my body issues definitely continued from there so I wasn't too bad when I was pregnant um I put on a lot of weight when I was pregnant everyone said oh I bet you'll have a little tiny bump but no I put on about three and a half stone in my pregnancy um but it was actually after I had my son that I really struggled I'm sure a lot of uh new mums know this feeling but one thing that definitely made it worse would I would I would go onto social media, so I'll go onto Instagram, for example, and there's all these pictures of the bikini girls that I'd met and I followed on social media, um, you know, looking absolutely insane condition because they're putting up their competition pictures and I'm then looking at myself and, you know, crazily comparing a post-baby body to a competition day picture. And I know that's crazy, but at the time, you know, that's what I was doing. So... I did actually take a step to uh, give my mental health a bit of a favour and I went for an unfollowed. So apologies to anyone that I unfollowed. Your pictures are beautiful, but they (laughs) they weren't helping me at that time. Um, So I went for an unfollowed all of the bikini girls that I was following so that I couldn't sit and scroll and, and make myself feel bad, really. So I've definitely learnt a lot. I try not to regret things. I definitely don't regret competing. Um, I'm really glad I competed actually because I learned so much. I learned a lot about my body. I learned about my diabetes. Um, I achieved things I didn't think I'd be able to achieve. And I I learned that the self-discipline that I could have if I really set my mind to something. Um, so yeah, I definitely don't... Um, don't regret competing. However, for those of you who have asked, because a lot of people ask me this, um, would I compete again? Oh, never say never. However, it will be highly, highly unlikely. So I highly doubt that I will ever compete again for lots of different reasons, actually. Um, one of which is uh, I have hip FAI. So I've had quite major hip surgery in the past and I'm awaiting further hip surgery. So I have spoken about this before. If you are a regular listener, you, you might know a bit more about this. Um, but I actually had to promise my... Uh, surgeon that that I wouldn't compete again because it was really just was too much uh, you know the training was just too much for my hip Um, 
and I, I had to be really adaptive with my training as well so you know I still train now obviously not on the same level but I can't deep squat I have to be very careful with um with impact exercises and things like that so all my training's kind of adapted to to not upset my hip too much at a moment um another reason I uh I can't imagine doing it again is is purely down to time and my priorities now so you know I have my son he is my priority when I was competing I was getting up at 4 30 in the morning and you know physically it took up a heck of a lot of time so you know the training and the meal prep and the eating six times a day and everything else but also mentally it took up a heck of a lot of space and I've got more important things to be thinking about right now, right now one of which being my son um, and also my relationship with my partner you know he he was really supportive and really understanding but I don't know how he put up with me when I was competing to be honest um, and I just well there's the whole mental side uh, mental health side of it so obviously I've talked about that and I just enjoy being flexible now. So being flexible with my routine, with my training, with my diet. Um, I kind of eat what I want pretty much. So I, I have a really good healthy diet, but I don't deprive myself of things because I, I learned through this process that if I deprive myself of things, I crave them and it leads to a binge. So I have a very balanced diet now. And, you know, if I want to eat something, um, unhealthy then then I eat it and yeah I I enjoy my training I train for me um I still set myself goals because that's really important for me but all the goals I want to achieve now are for me they're not so that I can stand on the stage and and be judged they're they're literally goals I have set myself for things that I personally want to achieve I think I've probably waffled on enough <laughs> about um, about competition day and post comp. But if I have missed anything, um, if you're anyone that's asked me any questions, um, I'm I'm hoping this has answered some of those questions and you have learned something from this. Um, but if I have missed stuff out, I'm sure I probably have. Um, then please do feel free to contact me. I'm always open to questions. My email address is charlotte at diabeticandhealthy.com and yeah um quick reminder again about our social media please get involved you can follow us on instagram diabetic and healthy and there are two facebook groups diabetic and healthy community and type one fit if you have enjoyed today's episode please do give me some feedback leave a review and hit subscribe so that you never miss any future shows So I really hope you've enjoyed this. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, stay safe and stay healthy. This episode has ended, but your journey towards a healthy and happy life continues. Head on over to diabeticandhealthy.com and join the conversation with other diabetics and their families. All the information in this episode is not designed to replace the advice from the health professional team looking after you and your diabetes. Before making any significant lifestyle changes, do consult them with your doctor.